0: To really understand technology, you have to live by it. And to really talk about business, you must have experienced it first. In this podcast, we do both. But we also get backstage and enjoy the crack with other entrepreneurs with whom we share experiences and learn about their secret sauces. Welcome to The Tech Post with me, Richard O'Donnell, and my co-host, Tony Frawley. Well, good morning and welcome once again. And this is actually Tech Post podcast number 12 which is mad to think, Uh, Tony. I think we've been at it more than 12 months, though, because we had a gap or two because of this virus thing in between. But anyway, we're on to number 12. And uh, the the theme for today's podcast is what's happening at Apple. So if you're interested in Apple, and I think everybody is, and all things Apple, stay here for the next 30 minutes. You'll be amazed. So how are you getting on, Tony?
1: I'm good, and I'm very happy Easter to you, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm only joking! It's not easy, yeah, but it, he, it feels like it has been a long, long month of, of January, hasn't it?
0: Oh, it has, it has, and, and of course the Christmas period as well. Actually, the last time you and I met, we had a beer in in Limerick. It was like uh, it was like all our parties and Christmases had come together in one. Do you remember? It was nice. I do,
1: I do. A, a so a socially distant, distance uh, drink before Christmas. Yeah, I do yeah.
0: indeed. Actually, speaking of drink, um, I heard I heard a good. Uh, Idea a few weeks ago in relation to rugby, and uh, we've extended the idea. This Friday night, we're having a thing called gigs and beer.
1: Sounds good. And, uh, tell tell yeah. me more.
0: Well, we have a music group on WhatsApp. There's four or five of us, and uh, the idea is that at half past eight on Friday night, we're all going to get together and play a Cure concert from 2019 on YouTube. So you'll have the Cure and and the YouTube on a TV say, and we'll have a Zoom um a session with everybody who's on the call we'll drink a beer have some crack and uh, enjoy a gig together we we the same guys I often go to gigs with all over the place and have done for a long time so this will be the first I think it should work out nicely and I'm looking forward to it
1: see everybody seems to have had no choice in embracing technology and COVID-19 has has really uh, accelerated that hasn't it
0: I think it has. Um, people are finding new ways to do things and be more sociable. I mean, we can't meet, unfortunately, um, but with some luck in a month or so's time, that will change again. So in the meantime, you're right. People are are more and more reliant on tech and, and those who have never embraced tech in any form before are starting to get into it, I think, and enjoy it. Indeed, something that I found uh, here is that, like you, I always seem to be buying gadgets and looking at new stuff. But I've started to look at my old stuff and see what it is that I could do with it. And indeed, the sound, and I'm hearing you, we're doing this over Zoom, of course. I'm hearing you on two old Wharfdale speakers that I have for a hi-fi system that I had in a different room. And I noticed a few weeks ago that Uh, There was a statistic where uh, vinyl and LPs have actually outsold CDs for the first time ever. So there's a comeback in the LP uh, area. So I thought, well, I have a record player. It's in a different room. I always have this great idea that I'll sit down someday and I'll listen to my records and I'll flip them over. But I never seem to get around to it. Something else gets in the way. So what I've done is brought my record player, the amp and the speakers I mentioned, and they're beside me here on the desk. And um, I go through my old albums, I think about 40 or 50 of them, I brought them all together and every day I play an album and I flip it over and it's an absolute delight. Sometimes it's nice to get away from tech and go back to analogue, isn't it?
1: No, it is. Well, I guess it's the, probably the tangible nature of being able to, to you know, pick up that album um, or in my case, a CD albums <laughs> were before my time <laughs> but it is oh, and, yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. and you you put you put it on and you listen to it from start to finish so i know you're holding in front of you now at the moment the police album where, where can you remember when you bought that
0: um i don't but the sleeve the inner sleeve as i mentioned to you before what i used to do is i'd write on the inner sleeve so that i don't know just a nostalgic thing that i always did at the time usually an album was about a fiver and this one actually says Dire Straits, the 23rd of July, 1979. It's oh, the so wrong there. inner sleeve. But nevertheless, I must try and find that album someplace. Very but good. yeah, this album is The Police, the so Regatta de Blanc. And uh, the sound quality, of course, because it's a record and not something coming from the likes of a streaming service like Spotify is actually crystal clear. There's the odd scratch, which actually adds to it as well. And not to mention the dust. But it's, yeah, it's very enjoyable and easy to flip over too because it's right beside you. Um so, yeah, July. So if anyone has their old uh, dusty record players in the corner, breathe new life into them. Go look for those LPs and singles, indeed. And uh, give them a, wealth,
1: a world. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great idea.
0: OK, so speaking of breathing new life into old stuff, um, we thought we'd talk about what's happening in Apple. um, And we could we could do two or three podcasts on this. Um, However, we'll try and keep it as concise as possible. Um, I've noticed lately that iPad, or at least the upper um, models of of iPad, which I'm talking about the iPad Pro 12.9, which is a beautiful piece of machinery, and actually perhaps a, a future classic, but... It's aimed at the professional user, maybe hence the name. And those professional users might include the likes of artistic people. Let's call it like um, architects, graphic designers, engineers. And I thought, well, I'd like a bigger screen because I have the iPad Pro 11. So I looked into it and uh, I also looked at the cost of it. And really, it's prohibitive. I mean, the iPad Pro itself is about €1,150 euro. If you wanted a pencil which i would as well 130 and a keyboard is 400 euro now if you put that in perspective a little bit a keyboard for 400 there are very good laptops to be had out there full computers all in you know 14 15 inches that you can get for 400 euro apple are charging 400 euro for an add-on keyboard for an ipad so this got me thinking well maybe there's an alternative and so I looked it up and there was lots of good reviews for the Samsung Galaxy Tab 7 Plus. Quite a mouthful of that. And it comes uh, with its own pen. And to add a keyboard in total, the cost about 1,100 euro. So I bought it in Harvey Norman. Couldn't wait to pick it up. Happy uh, Christmas up. to
1: yourself, Richard.
0: Yeah, um, picked it up <laughs> <laughs> and um, brought it home and uh, played with it for about two days and I sent it back. Why? Well, the screen I have to say is better. The resolution of the screen is very good in comparison to to iPad, so it beats it on that. But the whole user experience is not good. It's like a glorified phone for all the world. Now it runs Android of which I'm a a fan, as you know. However, when it comes to the likes of a tablet, there is nothing to compare really with Mac OS. Or Apple OS for iPad. Um, it's just a far superior machine. So I got the idea along the the lines of breathing new life into old tech. I thought, well, why don't I update the keyboard and make the iPad more of a computer? I think you've done something similar.
1: I did. I did indeed. Now I don't have the I. I don't have the iPad Pro. I would have bought the standard iPad when it came out. I think about two years ago. Because yeah. it, it actually had the capability for using the Apple Pencil with it at the time, but the keyboard and the case I got or, that I got with it is is super. So I can use it as it's almost like a default laptop at times. Bring it to meetings and that with me is really really good, and the user experience is excellent.
0: Yeah, I had a MacBook Air as you know for some time. I actually sold it two years ago and bought the iPad uh, Pro in in its place, because um, for business meetings, which I use it for. I like the size and and I know that you're also a big fan of using the pencil, of course, and, and, and uh, handwriting on the iPad, which you can chat about there in in a moment Mm -hmm. if you you feel like it. Um, But I find that the iPad has become more and more a computer actually. And I like that because I don't always want to use it as a computer. I mean, I like to listen to music, watch videos and play games like anybody else. Um, however, when I'm in a meeting, I like to be able to take notes. I need to obviously get on the net, which I can do via Wi-Fi or a hotspot. And it's the ideal um, business tool for me, actually.
1: Yeah, it's super. I think one of the biggest pluses for using the, the iPad in meetings is the battery life is so good in it. And you don't have to go plug in your MacBook into the wall and, you know, in potential prospects meeting room or, uh, you know, in one of your clients' offices, if you ever get back to the back to those days, but it's really those. portable. Yeah, you know that's a massive benefit, and also when traveling, you know, pre-COVID, um, the iPad is just absolutely ideal in the airport. You know, it's so easy to to carry with you, using it on the plane. It's just a great piece of kit. Now, you went for the iPad Pro originally, and it is a much better um, model than the than the standard iPad. There's no doubt about that, particularly the screen size and that. In consideration of going to the to the to to the one that you were looking at before Christmas, which which has got the massive screen on it, that's a huge decision. But I have seen architects using it. Well, I, 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 one of my contacts, he's an architect and he uses it all the time. And it's it's just a godsend for him. Yeah. Because he can, you know, display obviously drawings to his clients using it. He can use it for taking notes. It's it's just a super piece of kit for him. A godsend. He wouldn't work without it, he said.
0: And of course, being an Apple product, it is absolutely cool. There's no two ways about it. I mean, it's a just a beautiful thing. It's a bit like, I guess, for those who are into watches, very expensive watches, people you know who wear them, they love to wear them. Um, probably because a little bit that they are the best and they are maybe even the most expensive, depends on who the person is. But you actually, and Apple have, have absolutely nailed this. You have the best in your hand and there is nothing better. And there are those out there, um, who simply want that. And, um, Apple knows exactly who they are. The people who will buy the best, no matter what it is,
1: um, and what the price is indeed. And, uh, now- well, that's why you're when you talk about Apple and you talk about, you know, it as a brand, you're buying a brand because you're buying reassurance. And that's what you're getting with Apple. It's a pre- Outside of it just being a premium experience, you can be pretty much sure that things are going to go re- according to plan with it. Since I first started using Apple products, when I guess the, the iPod came out, actually, and I remember buying that iPod, I couldn't believe it, I bought it, I think it was Christmas 2005, and I just could not get over that I could put all of my music on this device. And, and this is a true statement. I genuinely, hand on my heart, I can tell you, I've never ever had an issue with any Apple product. That yes. goes with the, my MacBook that I bought a few years ago has never let me down ever in any meeting I've ever went to. My yeah. iPad has always worked perfectly. I don't use my iPad anymore, and thankfully, I've never had an issue with my Apple iPhones ever. And yeah, that, that that that's a genuine statement, um, and and I think that's that's what you're paying for. You you it does exactly what it says on the tin. Well, yes,
0: you're absolutely right. As a software guy for many years, as you know, um, the hardest thing to get right in any piece of software is that it just works. I don't know how often down through the years and various software companies I've been involved with, you've had customers saying, but X doesn't work and why is that? And the reason is, millions of reasons, but um, software is complicated. um, Testing is even more so. And yet, with Apple, they have decided to do the two hardest things, which is to be a software company and a hardware company at the same time. And then once again, they have nailed it. And you're absolutely right. I can't ever remember any Apple product letting me down in any shape or form.
1: Now, it's interesting. Sorry, Richard. There's that word
0: interesting, which I said I wouldn't use.
1: It's curious. Um, (laughs) Curious. It's curious. The only only apple product that i think um i wouldn't be a fan of anymore is apple music it's the only one that I, I just i just cannot use it i've tried because obviously i like the apple ecosystem but yeah spotify leaves it for dead unfortunately i just i just cannot get used to and i and i really have tried i went back to it last year actually again tried it for another few months just didn't enjoy it. It's just not the same um, UI experience as you get from using Spotify. It's, it's just, I just don't think they've nailed that, to be honest with you, which is interesting because that's what they really started out, in, you know, building the, the iTunes ecosystem was was essential to lock you into it. And I don't think they've actually nailed that.
0: You know, I'm, I've, been, I've not been an iTunes or an Apple Music user for a long time. I mean, I'm talking to you on a Mac at the moment. And I have iTunes, and I'll be doing some of the editing for this podcast in iTunes, funnily enough, after this. Yeah. But all of my music, like you, is on Spotify. But um, it's also because often the first is the best. And Spotify, I guess, was the first, um, you know, not notwithstanding Napster, but the first, um, I don't know, international product, let's say, um, ubiquitous maybe is the word. And But I've also found as a result of that, when I want to share stuff with the music guys that I mentioned before, um, there's no point in me being on Apple Music um, or on Google Play Music, which I was on before, because if I send them a link to a new playlist, they can't open it without a subscription to either of those services. So I packed it all in only about six months ago, and I went with Spotify, and you're absolutely right. It's a delight. And you've been much happier since <laughs> i have and the other thing and just as you as you bring up spotify is um i've lots of different systems in this house between sonus i know you're a big fan um but i also have google audio and google uh, chromecast audio uh, for all those older type um hi-fi systems that i mentioned before and um when you go into spotify it works with all of those just out of the box yeah And that includes actually um, the HomePod, the Apple HomePod, which I also have. So I've got Apple HomePod, I've got Google stuff, and um, I also have Sonus. And in one easy to use interface, I can click and it'll play on that particular speaker. And there's no messing around with software. And this is, of course, the downside of Apple for me, actually, that ecosystem annoys me. Mm. Um, you know if you want to buy into all things Apple you're fine as soon as you want to go outside of that and of course it's designed this way um, it makes it very difficult it does, to do and does, yeah. that's why I think Google and Android are better yeah, for that kind yeah, of stuff
1: yeah, no that's I think that's that's a very fair assertion and when we talk about Apple and where they are now and what they're doing and their pricing strategy some of it is just off the chart stuff I mean like the the new Apple headphones that they're after bringing out Richard 600 and what is it 640 euros or something like that well it's- as
0: you started to speak there i wish the i wish the listeners could see me i'm absolutely shaking my head it really stuns me that they've it's 618 i checked it yesterday it's called the uh, airpods max Um, their naming conventions are well, much better over, than Sony. They're
1: over-the-head um, headphones now, just to qualify that. They are. not. They the are, you can, And you can carry them like a handbag. Yeah, um, they're, like, they're like earmuffs. <laughs> so, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so the bit that
0: goes over the top of your head, um, when it's packed into this, some people refer to it as a bra case, right. which is what it looks like. Um, you can carry it along like a handbag um and i'm actually not sure that that's going to catch on i really don't think it is yeah i mean um, look they've
1: they've but they've, back they've, to the, they've, they've nailed they've pretty nailed they've pretty much always nailed their go-to-market strategy with any other product i mean when when the earpods first came out people said there's no way i'm going spending 150 euros on a pair of earpods that i'm going to lose and they were wrong because the, the sales have been phenomenal on it Um and the same with the earpods pro so You know who who are we to doubt them? They obviously have a market, and they've got a loyal tribe of followers who will who will buy these Apple headphones. But at six hundred and eighteen euros, I just think that's off the chart stuff. I I I really do. Now I don't know enough about um about about them about why they they believe they can justify that. What what's you know how are they differentiating that over major uh, players in that space like Bose or Sony, for example? you know, or Sennhauser, I think is another, another brand, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, just on that point, about a year or so ago, I bought uh, a pair of Sony, and, and as I said, their naming convention is nuts, but a WH-1000XM3, and now the latest is the XM4. And these, uh, f- these headphones are an absolute revelation. Um, indeed the, uh, the M3 of those headphones, the ones that I have are about 50% less expensive than these new AirPods Max from Apple. Oh, right. And okay. <clears throat> my headphones, the reason I went for them is that, uh, apart from recommendation from one of my sons who bought them and I listened to them, um, really Sony have, um, Come out with the most premium and best wireless headphones ever we'll stop, and that actually is the benchmark interestingly for apple and if they can attain that or even close to that, I can see that <clears throat> I can see that kind of price working If they don't, I think maybe for the first time, they might find that okay the diehards who don't care what they buy as long as it's apple, they'll buy them, yeah. And there's a pal of mine, Brendan, who probably will be listening to this and he got slagged off last week because he bought them and made the mistake of telling the gadget group that he did. Um, But I don't know how they're going to compete with those headphones, which are half of that price. Mm. And the the interesting thing about Apple again there is that they're always late to the party in whatever they bring out um, these days. And yet... They always act like they invented it, however. It's like nobody else has ever had these before we came along and decided to release this product. And yet, you know, people think, yeah, well, I've never seen one of these before. Apple must have invented it. And that is a very unique position, I think, from a business perspective that Apple has, that they are so strong and they have such brand loyalty. And um, I guess they probably still don't really have any major competition i mean across the board they have niche competition in phones and the likes so this allows them the absolute luxury in business to sit back watch what others are doing understand what they're at and to your point where they look at the market and they rarely if ever get it wrong but they have the luxury of being able to sit back watch analyze and then produce a product and of course as i say you know the word "copy" can't
1: be used, but actually, it's what it is. Well, I think. Uh, well, I think when when you look at their at their go to market strategy, and again, I could be wrong, but they look at a premium category of uh, which there's players already in in that, and then they create a brand new category called super premium, which just doesn't exist. It's it's their own white space. They just go up a level completely and say, well, you know what, our price is going to certainly help people understand why it's even better than any of the other premium brands that are out there. Straight away, we're going to create that perception in people's minds they seem to be doing this consistently because yeah. there's loads of, there, there are plenty of competitors. If you look at the ear pod space, um, you'll see loads of, of, uh, competitor brands, very cheap ones, all the way up to, you know, maybe a tier just below the price that Apple are charging, but they're still holding their, I think their own in a, in a super premium space for many of their products because there's no challenger in that space with them at the moment.
0: Um, I guess there isn't. There are those in in particular products. I guess who are getting close. I mean, if you talk about premium um, audio stuff, well, Bang & Olufsen have been top of that heap for you years. Took the words so.
1: out of my mouth. I was just going to actually say that they all automatically they were at the very top, weren't they, for years.
0: They were. And um, again, I'm a big fan. I, I, I was fortunate enough to get a really good hi-fi system for my 40th birthday as a present. What a present. And I still have it. And it's just the most gorgeous piece of furniture. I think you've seen it I when have, you've been yeah, around it's, here. It's, it's very impressive. Enormous speakers that are about seven feet high. Um, they have this kind of a blue tinge to them, which, again, you, you might think dates, but it doesn't. And then the CD player itself is again the most gorgeous piece of furniture it has six cds that are on display behind a glass screen you press a button and the glass screen very gently and and slowly opens up it's just a premium product yeah and uh however if you and i think people like us are more discerning these days if you want the best sound well, maybe actually Bang & Olufsen isn't the way to go if you take headphones, for example, and Sony is. But once again, the same thing applies. If you want absolute premium and you can afford it and you probably want something that will maybe last forever, well, Apple, of course, and or Bang Bang & Olufsen is the way to go. And just, just on that point of lasting forever, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to Knock you flat with it with something that I've I've actually discovered in the last while to do with um, a new trend. If you asked me of collectible gadgets, but we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute.
1: I'm intrigued. Um, I'm intrigued.
0: You're intrigued. Um, the um, I mean, back to the same point about producing things that are absolute premium. Um, Apple are also working on Apple virtual reality um, uh, glasses. I guess you'd call them. Um once again, this augmented reality or virtual reality headsets have been around for a while. They're very unruly Google, looking G- things.
1: Google started it off with Google um lens or whatever they call it, didn't they? A few years ago. They did try this.
0: They did, but they, they did actually a, a
1: cardboard version, would you
0: believe? Um <laughs> I like, don't the believe the name. that.
1: Really? Yeah. Like yeah. A, like like almost like a pair of of those 3D glasses you were given going to the cinema years ago? It's not
0: much better than that. <laughs> oh um, it's, exactly, it's exactly that. Um, Samsung came out with another version, which is, and as I say, I was going to say they're very unruly-looking things. They look like, do you know those safety glasses you you wear when you're, I won't say welding, but when you're doing yeah. something on a car? They're they're bigger than that and awful-looking things. But Samsung had a pretty good idea, I thought, where you put your phone into the actual let's call them glasses or the holder and your phone then becomes the uh, virtual reality, um, apparatus and whatever, whatever they do within the, within the, the headphone, or sorry, the, um, the glasses, let's call them, you know, allows your phone to become the the virtual reality, um, glasses. Now there's lots of others out there as well doing the same thing. However, um, Apple, uh, like Apple will, are starting, I think, with a niche uh, precursor to what they'll eventually have as AR glasses for the masses. But again, this, to start with, it will be very high-priced and aimed at the professional. You see the trend here. Mm-hmm. You know, the flagship stuff um, uh, like this will be is aimed at the professional, hence the word pro that's appearing in a lot of their their um, the their brand, gadgets. Think, yeah. um but then, uh, interestingly, they will, they will take that, I suppose, almost market research and then filter it down to the masses and into the rest of their products. Very interesting. Um, you know, car manufacturers have been doing something similar for some time. I used to have a Jaguar XF, a three-litre version, gorgeous car, and it was quite a ceremony. When you, when you got into the car, the dash was absolutely smooth, but when you put the key in, or when you press the start button, I should say, all of the vents opened up and, and the most gorgeous sound they had. So it was sound and vision. And it was a beautiful thing. And I brought it to be serviced once. And the, the guy said to me, we're going to loan you the newer version. It's a two litre version of this car. It's just out. I'm going to loan it to you. They did. And I couldn't wait to get out of it. They had replaced all the nice stuff with tacky plastic and stuff that rattled and all the rest of it so there is an example of of a company that got it right with a very premium product tried to then uh, bring it to the masses because the jaguar name and the brand was a good one and people wanted it and i think failed miserably
1: mm.
0: i don't see apple doing that of course not yet um, not yet no not yet but no. I, wonder, I wonder is there a day coming where they'll get it wrong either on price or product
1: there has to be you can't stay at the top forever no matter who you are the world is littered with examples of of companies that were giants for a certain period of time you know look it's it's up to there's plenty of very very intelligent incumbents out there at the moment and startups that are going to be the next apple probably in the next decade or 20 years i hasten to guess that but there has to be there absolutely has and and there should be because you know there's without i mean look we both love apple products for sure and this podcast in no way is sponsored by Apple. It's just an interesting, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's just, unfortunately, <laughs> it's just an, an interesting discussion. But I think you know they definitely have the market to themselves in so many different uh, segments at the moment, and and we you you do need to see healthy competition in those areas. And yes, you could say Samsung competes, obviously, of course, and in, in mobile phones and, and other areas. But really and truly, they're they're. Um, they're head and shoulders above everybody else at the moment. Look look at their sales last year for earpods. It's off the charts. Yeah. Absolutely off the charts stuff. So they're just nailing it time and time again. So I would be interested to see who is going to come in and really take them on over the next few years. And what does what does that look like? Because whoever does it can play them at the, at the same game. They just yeah. can't, because they won't win. They're going to need to do things differently. Which is well, think- interesting enough was what Apple's whole positioning was around in nineteen ninety-seven. When Steve Jobs came back into the company was think differently think different that's what that's that's that their whole belief was that they needed to go and change things yeah and they've done well
0: it. I think maybe the closest competitor across the range would be Samsung actually um I see they had some troubles as an aside during the week their CEO has been arrested um for allegedly uh, bribing bribing the previous um i think president of south korea right so they've got their troubles but on to um one other thing that's happening the third thing that's happening with apple which is something i i have to say stunned me i've never thought i'd see it um apple search is on its way like google search it's it's a household name and uh the, the 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 people in the know are saying that they've they've Apple have significantly significantly ramped up their search bot idea sorry activities and this is the stuff that searches the web for various things, but I think part of the trouble is that they have a sweetheart deal with Google for some time now, where Google is the default search engine on Apple Apple's various devices. But I think what's what's um, peculiar here or um, funny peculiar is that they um as far as we can tell they're not trying to make money from advertising and, and instead they could simply sell more of their highly profitable devices and subscriptions to privacy conscious customers
1: just so, just, and, so I, just so I understand this because this is news to me now like Safari is their search engine at the moment is it is it a, no that's, like,
0: that's 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 their web browser right
1: Okay. Okay, so so Apple Search is going to compete directly with with uh, the Google search engine, is that what you mean?
0: It is, and it has to be because um you you'll probably recall that um in the UK there was there was pressure at the end of last year to try and break up that monopoly between Apple and as I say that sweetheart deal that they have with Google for search, all things search. So they have to do it anyway, but Again, great thinking on their behalf. Instead of trying to compete with Google, once again, they'll go after the premium market and use um, their search in order to, as I say, um, sell more stuff to privacy-conscious customers. So an interesting niche. I'm not sure it'll work. Um, Bing and Microsoft and Bing tried to do this. The trouble is, despite the resources of Microsoft, it's very hard to play catch up to an established um, technology. And, and Google is the byword for all things search. I don't see them being displaced.
1: Sure. Well, maybe Apple might be just happy taking a percentage uh, of the market share, you know?
0: Yeah, maybe they will. Um, OK, this brings us unbelievably uh, to the end of the podcast where we've been speaking now for just over 30 minutes. And, uh And um, the great reveal, or as Steve Jobs used to say, and another thing.
1: Yeah, you're leaving the best to last, Richard. You're You're leaving me hanging as well. The best to last. (laughs)
0: Um, I I love this thing um, where uh, tech now has become, inverted commas, so old it's becoming antique. And we know about antiques. After time, of course, they become collectible. And uh, now it looks like tech is becoming collectible. And of course, which tech, once again, we're talking about Apple. And let me just read this to you. Terapeak, a company which tracks pricing of collectibles on eBay, released a study on the pricing of Apple products following the iPods discontinuation a couple of years ago. It found that classic iPods in their original packaging were priced as collectibles, such as antiques, like I say. Yeah. And one U2 special edition, that was the red edition, I suspect, Terra Peak noted sold last November for $90,000. $90,000 for an iPod. And that ever since Apple has discontinued the item, the price of even late model iPod iPods has risen considerably. Now, I have a few of these actually in the drawers around the house. Q- and, uh, Q- 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 I know what I'm going to do later after this
1: podcast. Yeah, well, few people listening to this podcast are all actually doing the same thing right now. They've just probably turned this off and they're off rooting through drawers for their old stuff. Uh, yeah. I know I, I, know I definitely have I definitely have one or two old iPods somewhere for sure. Um, it's not the U2 model though, but I do know somebody who has the U U two special edition.
0: Yeah. Um I I don't. Um but I guess after this maybe people will it was will black
1: text- Richards. I think I think the I I think the U2 one was black in colour with a red dial, if I can remember. And I think the, the names of the band members were um etched into the back of the iPod. Oh, is that right? Yeah. 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 I think that that's the model. But ninety thousand dollars, my god.
0: I remember it. It was like a silhouette version of, uh, of um, a profile of Bono, wasn't it, uh, in shadow or something.
1: I don't remember that now. I'm, I could we could be thinking of two different things, but definitely the one I know that somebody has. It's it's black with a red dial, the wheel in the middle, and on the back, the band members' names are etched into it. Wow,
0: well, maybe that's yeah. the one then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, worth worth looking up. But uh, that's colossal. Ninety thousand. Dollars for an iPod that you probably paid three or four hundred dollars for at the time, but I think we can think laterally here, you know, and try to spot um, what other gadgets that we might even have in our drawers or in the attic, like before, what other gadgets uh, or tech from the past might follow suit. And in in my hand, I just as I was talking, um, I have a Nokia E90, which I actually never used, and the E90 is the most beautiful piece of of gadgetry it's got a hinge and inside there's a full i can show it to you there's a full keyboard and screen oh i remember and, these yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. just the most gorgeous thing to put your hand on i can't explain it uh, over the over the this and it's got a 32 megapixel camera would you believe i think it's the last premium um flagship phone that nokia ever produced and I wouldn't be surprised if this um, is another one of those types of gadgets that's going to go up in price. Um, so watch this space. I'm sure there's gonna be lots of uh, dealers and people working from home um, and all the rest of it. Uh, in If they haven't started already, they will be soon selling old tech for lots of money. So that wraps it up, I think, Tony
1: um i'm looking forward to to another uh, tech post podcast in the next uh, week or two as well richard we've lots more to talk about
0: we've tons to talk about we had you know another four or five different topics that we could easily have spoken about today so um hope everybody found this as interesting as we did um any questions or otherwise you know how to contact us um through the various links uh below the podcast and uh, th- as as ever thank you for listening tell all your friends And uh, we'll see you again next month.
1: Yeah. And just just to add to that, Richard, you can follow the Tech Post podcast on Spotify. You can follow it on on Apple as well and all all of the other platforms.
0: Excellent. Good luck. So that's it for this month's Tech Post. Don't forget, there'll be a new episode on the first Thursday of every month. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to hit the like and share buttons. And remember, it's just tech. It's not rocket science.